Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are going to talk about pre-made fans. We actually did a clubhouse, a, man, I think it was like two or three months ago, and it went really well. We had a great time. It was Tusney, Cheryl from Untamed Artistry, and Michelle from Imperfection is Beauty. And we sat around, and we talked about it, and it was really good, and I recorded it, and then the recording didn't work. Barf. So, guess what? We decided to redo it. Well, we didn't redo it. We just let's get together and talk about pre-made fans again because really, pre-made fans are something that everyone in our industry is either considering of doing or is a big fan of doing. Or, sadly, in the third department, is a hater. And you're like, nope. In fact, I may even turn off this episode if you upset me too much. I get it. They are a little controversial because they are new. Like most new things in our industry, there's always an initial pushback. And I know there's some people out there that hope they never make it. And there's others who think they are the God's gift to this world. So we're going to talk about all that. The good, the bad, the ugly, why we love it, why we think this is here to stay. Sorry, guys, if you're not lovers, it's going to be around. <laughs> you love it or not. That I would bet a lot of money on, actually. But before we get into that, guys, as always, have our announcements. LashCon tickets are finally up, guys. They're up for sale. And June 25th is your deadline to buy the tickets at their current rate. So if you've been thinking about it, you're like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait another month. Well, they're going to go up $100 on June 26th. So you want to buy them now. And by the way, there is a payment plan, partially. The way you use partially, just click on when you buy, buy your ticket, just click add to cart. Once you get to your cart, that's where you're going to see the partially button. It's blue. And it's on the right-hand side towards the bottom. It says partially on it, payment plan. Click on that, and you can only pay one-third right now. That's all you need to pay. And then there will be three more payments over the following three months. So you can really spread this out so it's not painful at all it's actually quite affordable and then that's not gonna be we're gonna have that all the way to the end but that's for the next couple months we have that deal and then we will change it and adjust it but for now go right now buy that ticket save that money before they go up because they will go up three more times over the next four months also guys we have our apple podcast review giveaway what that is is if you write a review for us on apple Podcasts and screenshot it and email it to me at paul.lashcastpodcast.com. We will then add your name to a drawing, and then you can win an Amazon $200 Amazon gift card. Pretty cool. Also, you want to join the LashCast Insider Club so that you can get all the latest news, discounts, and deals that we offer, know about our trainings, our coaching, all that type of stuff. You want to be on that list. You want to be part of the club. So go to our show notes or Instagram and join by going and clicking on that link in the bio. Last thing, guys, we need your stories on our podcast. And if you've been thinking about wishing one day that the world will know your story, well, here's your chance. Come on our podcast, and 5,000 people will find out about you who never knew you before. Pretty cool, right? This is an active, very captive audience, guys. So this is not just your average Instagram post. A lot of people are going to get to hear it, and you can really bless our industry. So what do you need to do? You need to email your story to paul at lashcastpodcast.com. Tell me what is interesting about your story, what unique struggle, or what did you overcome, or what thing do you want to talk about to help our industry? How can you be a blessing to our industry? And then we'll just select some people. Just randomly, not randomly. We'll just go through the process and find the ones that we think had the best story, and then we'll bring you on. So don't delay. Go do that today. All right. That's all I have for you for announcements. Now let's get into the episode where we sit down with Cheryl, Michelle, and Tuss, and we're going to talk all things pre-made lashes.
Hey guys, we are here in the Last Cast Studios. Excited as always. I'm here with my amazing partner and wife, Tustany. Welcome to the show. Hey guys. And we are also joined today by Michelle from Imperfection is Beauty, as well as Cheryl from Untamed Artistry. Welcome to the show, guys. Living an episode or something we recorded, like I think it was like two, almost three months ago on Clubhouse. We had did Clubhouse, and then me being the tech wizard I am, somehow could not get my phone to record it right, and because it's it's not set up the same way as like just doing here on our computer. So anyway, I lost it all. Very sad. But that's okay. This is a juicy topic, and yes. it's worth getting into again. Today, we are going to be talking about pre-made fans yep. pre-made and the fans. pros and cons, because I know that people, Woo! yeah, have opinions about it. Okay. Yeah, I know, cons. right? Yeah, I guess we'll have to come up with some, right? Let me share this. This is a, just a little preview of the, I, I watch a lot of Instagram, and a lot of people like to put on the page, like, do you like pre-mades? Do you hate pre-mades? And it's amazing. I say still 30 to 50% of the responses say no to pre-mades. It's a huge percentage, like almost half of our industry. Now, it's not scientific, so maybe, you know, it's only people responding. So maybe people who feel strongly against them are the ones who respond. But still, I'm really surprised to see so many people going, no, nah, I'm going to pass on it. And it's been around three, four years now. And I think, you know, people like, I know Cheryl been out there like crazy beating the drum. Like, guys, this is the future. And Michelle's just coming out with her company and she's big on it. So I'm hoping this episode we will win over some new people, help them to see, open their eyes, and at least try. It may not be for you, but there's no reason to take someone else's ball away from them and say, you can't play with it. Oh, it's- yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve is the lash police, you know, yeah. An unnamed body that says you cannot do these things or, you know, that's wrong to do things that way. You guys, we're talking about art here. You know, yeah. there's like no wrong way to do art, right? So it's like saying you can't use the color red in your paintings. Because it's bad. Because evil. <laughs> yeah, let's change some minds today. Yeah. Or open some minds mm-hmm. today. Yeah, so why don't we start with this? I mean, you guys are both, you sell, have brands. You both sell pre-mades. So I just want to be open about that so people understand that this isn't, I don't think this is because of selfish reasons. not like, hey, you got to buy my products, even though they love that. But at the same time, they invest in this product because they believe in it. It's not something they just thought, well, it's another way to make money. I know them enough that they have the integrity that they would be selling stuff they really believe in or behind. No, they're early adapters. So early on, they were one of the, I think, would I would call you guys pioneers, yeah. to have seen this as a value and said, I want to offer this. And I guess the first question would be like, what did you see that you knew it would catch on? Michelle, you mm-hmm. want to go first? What I saw was if there was no pre-mades, I wouldn't be in the lash industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Mm-hmm. I would have put down the tweezers a long time ago. So for you, it's just convenience. It was easier to work with. The volumes and all that was hard or more difficult. I have a neck issue. So doing a handmade volume set, taking three to four hours, like my neck is dead. Mm. And I'm sure that a lot of people have some kind of body aches and pre-mates help. They help, like, you don't have to go full pre-mades. You can mix with your normal sets, like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, Cheryl? Very early on, I was thinking my goal and my mission in the industry is that I want to make eyelash extension ubiquitous. I want everyone, everyone's aunt, everyone's mom to at least consider it as an option if something that they can afford it. And one of the biggest roadblocks that I see to achieving that is the time that it takes to a create the set and then b for people to lay in bed like i don't know 
how many people can relate to this. But personally, I struggle with anxiety. A lot of people do. Laying there for three, four hours, it actually intensified that for a lot of people. And I saw that a lot of my clients. So I always thought, what is a way where we can decrease the amount of time a client lay on their bed and then also cut down the cost and then also to help lash artists generate more revenue? And pre-made fan just consistently come up as an answer to all of those um, questions. Yeah, I, I know long appointments. There are people right now who don't do lashes because it just takes too long. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. we'd have clients who would come to us after a while because we always had long. We do. Even today, Tusney still does hour and a half, two hour fills, nothing shorter. And clients would just be like, no, I, I just can't do it. It's too long. If you could get this down to an hour where I could lay down for an hour and do my lashes and for the way Tusney does it, the style she does, she said, no, I'm not going to do that. Let me refer you to someone else. But and I think pre-mades do help with that idea that you can speed up the process and doesn't have to be. And that's a huge selling point to me. I mean, if you can do awesome, by the way, you short mm-hmm. appointments, you can get more people in your day. So you open up your books more, right? Yeah. I remember at the very beginning, like at the dawn of time, what, like the late 1970s, a new service called a sculptured nails it hit the market. And back then it was like $300 to get your nails done. Now, and they weren't like they are now to, you know, today, like the acrylics, you can just go, uh, the manicurist will pull out like a little tray and she's got all the little tips, right? And she glues them on your hand. Then just. But in the beginning, they had to sculpture them. They put like a form around and then they put the acrylic on and they would build up the nail, right? And it took a lot longer than it does to just glue on those tips. And I wonder if there was that conversation back then, very similar to what we have in the in the lash world. Oh no, you know, you don't want to use pre-made tips. They're already pre-made. It's taking the artistry out of it. If you're a really skilled nail artist, you're gonna be sculpting, which is customized to each person's nail bed and finger. Fast forward 30, 40, 50 years since it well, I can't even do math since the 70s, <laughs> it's right? Been 80 years Has since it been the 80 years. Yeah, yeah, it's been 80 years since the 70s. 70s. And <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, they're pre-made, you know? And in fact, you can even buy them at, at CVS and just glue them on yourself if you want. I prefer them. Oh, do you? Yeah. You like the yeah. cheap nails? Yeah, yeah. Cheap nails for me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these hands. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, it's like, it is progress. It's an option. Now you don't have to do it. It's not like, you know, somebody's holding a gun to your head, but it's like an option and it makes our job faster. And I really don't see a loss here. Michelle, you said I wouldn't be doing volume if it wasn't pre-made. I mean, I took classes on how to do a volume, but it's like, it's already been done for me. Somebody already handmade a fan for me. Why can't I just pay a premium for something that's been perfectly crafted? And it's like, I don't want to have to spend the time to learn how to do that perfect thing every time. I'd rather spend that time on putting it on the client. So I want to be able to pay a premium to be able to have all those pre-made fans at my fingertips so that I can just Put them on my it's kind of like cut fruit, right? You can either buy your fruit whole or you can get it pre-made. Yeah, who wants to cut a pineapple? Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I love fresh pineapple, but I will never cut it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just the work That's, involved, right? Costs more though. <laughs> yeah, right. But well, you want to play devil's advocate? Yeah, where are some of the negatives? I mean, where are some of the things that are like people should be aware? Because I'm sure right now there's a lot of people going, "Well, you guys are saying all great stuff, but it's not all great." There are negative downsides to the pre-made fans. What do you think, Michelle? I feel like the bases of the fans, they came a long way. Yeah. Okay. So I started out with pre-mades. I remember a girl wanted lashes when I was in school and she was like, I want volume. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what do I do? I go online and I'm starting to Google things, you know, and get into looking at things. And I found pre-mades and the bases were okay. 
this was like three or four years ago, but they've come such a long ways. And I mean, you do need to have some education behind it because there are different weights and you can get them, you know, 0.5, 10D. You can get 0.3, 20D. So there are different weights. So you need to have a little education behind it because you could potentially start, you know, damaging people's natural lashes, putting on something heavier. Yeah. But that's the same risk of volume. I mean, that's not like it's unique to pre-maids. Exactly. But people think that they can just go buy the pre-maids and just slap them on. Mm -hmm. No, you really need some education, a little behind it to actually know what you're getting into. If you're really going to further this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit, do you feel like maybe people with pre-maids, people are skipping the education and just buying the pre-maids and and going ahead with them? Yes, a thousand percent. Yeah. I think that when they first came out, it was threatening to people. I think that people who had invested so much in their two thousand dollars in training, you know, and (laughs) put so much time into it, all of a sudden the fear of all that knowledge on how to custom make a a fan is gone, and it's not important anymore. So I have to rail against this, and I can understand that fear because you know you've cultivated something, but it doesn't mean that those skills are are lost completely. You you still own them. It's just another alternative, and for sure, if you don't want to, you don't have to use them right I, I remember when i again this is probably people are like oh please don't burn up math but when you do math originally you have to learn to do it by hand and do it and once you understand it, then you can add the calculator and just kind of short change the the work you don't have to do it. i remember in college like they go go ahead and use your calculator and i'm like man in high school they always forced me to do this by hand but college like no no you don't have to do that anymore you guys we know that you understand how to do it so let's quick make it quicker easier and more convenient for you because the real problem is solving the problem not showing me this like on paper these long formulas all being calculated and i think in some ways pre-made is the same idea you still need to have the theory behind it to understand design layering and all that type of stuff you just are skipping the making of the fan that's the only part that you're skipping you're just saying just give me the fan made so i can drop it in without having to do all that extra work which is more physically demanding mm-hmm. what about you cheryl any input on that I think that when I step into the shoes of lash artists and one of the biggest con I see is the pricing. Mm-hmm. I think that pre-mades are still relatively expensive compared to buying regular trays of lashes. So in terms of like dollar per product, you're getting a little bit less, but it's outsourcing a part of your job to somebody else. So as a business owner, it's a crucial skill to learn to know when to delegate and when to outsource. And I think making fan is one aspect of your business that you should consider outsourcing and delegating. So to counter my own point, I think that, you know, it's all about understanding how to price your product, understanding your costs, understanding your acquisition uh, costs and things like that so that you can price it in your service itself. And one of the easiest ways for me to think about this is that even if you just charge exactly the same as you charge right now for your volume, the time that you get back, it's extra time that you get to develop your business, see more clients, generate more revenue. So you don't even have to raise your prices if you're not comfortable with it. But at least knowing that just charging exactly what you charge right now for your service, you are just simply outsourcing your, a part of your service to someone else. A good way to think about this is like, let's think about everyone's Instagram page, right? Everyone knows building a brand spending time on your social media can be a full-time job, but it's also crucial to your business because the marketing aspect of your business. Now, imagine if you can hire a social media manager who is going to do the commenting, it's going to do you know, the engaging, a part of the job that was always yours, but you're outsourcing it. 
So then that way you can focus on growing and scaling your business. So I think one of the things that I always tell people is money makes money. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you need to invest money in order to make more money. Yeah. So yeah. I have a con, but then I also have a, an answer. You know, yeah. <laughs> an answer for the con. I was going to put it this way, just so people can think about the numbers. Let's just say you've charged $200 for a three-hour appointment doing promades or not promades, but volume, just traditional volume handmade. and all that handmade. But then all of a sudden you're able to cut that down. I'm not going to say this exactly, but let's just say you're able to charge $200 now for two hours. So mm-hmm. while your costs went up, what you're making per hour actually went up. You went from making like $67 an hour, whatever it is, up to $100 an hour. So you're actually charging more per hour now. So in some ways, if you start, I mean, this is where you got to learn a little math. And you got to figure out your, like Cheryl saying, your cost per hour and what you charge per hour because this is how you can actually still be profitable even though your costs went up because now you're doing two, you're being charged more per hour and maybe you can squeeze one more client in per day, which easily makes up for that extra charge. Because yeah, I mean, you can pay anywhere from 20 to $40 for a tray of pre-made volume where you can go out and buy the tray as low as like 15 bucks from some brands if you're like a brand ambassador or something like that. So. Well, it's just like thinking about like, oh, I'm going to buy a head of iceberg lettuce or a head of red leaf lettuce, or I'm going to buy it chopped up and washed and pre-made in the bag. So all you have to do is open it up and cook with it. Or do you want to pull off all the leaves, so you know, soak the tub up with water, drain it, and, and then dry it? I mean, it still requires artistry to put that lettuce in the recipe that you're going to and know how it's going to taste, right? But all you're doing is you're just using the convenience of it to change things. All right, let's talk about another thing that maybe you guys give feedback on because a lot of people are probably wondering, what is retention like? Because that's always the number one problem I see with lash artists, aside from finding clients, is my lashes aren't lasting, the client's complaining, so forth. And so do you think pre-mades are going to help or maybe be worse? Because I know a lot of people talk about wrapping, that you can wrap lashes with a regular volume lash, but you can't do that with a pre-made. So maybe the retention isn't as good. So maybe you give me your thoughts. We'll start. Cheryl, what do you think about retention issues with uh, pre-mades? I've always had this thoughts on retention is that doesn't matter what tool you use. It's more about your technique and whether you're using handmade or pre-made, you're going to run into a retention issue if you don't master your attachment. And if you don't understand your adhesive and how it works in conjunction with your environment, and then also if you're not using enough adhesive, which is one of the biggest things. So in the beginning, there is a bit of a learning curve with using pre-made because it is slightly different than like handmade fans. And one of the biggest tips I can give to people to improve your retention when it comes to pre-made is use a little bit more adhesive. For sure. You know, I think people have this, we are trained in the last few years to say, don't use too much adhesive. Don't use too much adhesive. Don't, don't use too much adhesive. But the English language is very subjective. It's all about your interpretation of what is too much and what is too little. So I think that it's going in with a experimenter's mindset and knowing that however much adhesive you're using now, it's a metrics for you to measure and test and see if that's going to help your retention. If your retention isn't lasting, if your lashes isn't lasting, one of the first thing I look to when it comes to pre-made is use a little more adhesive and make sure you use enough adhesive. What about you, Michelle? Yes, I 100% agree with Cheryl. You've got to use a little more adhesive with the pre-mades. Mm-hmm. And when I was making handmade volume, I had the worst retention. And that's <laughs> why I truly started my own pre-made line is because I wanted to find the best pre-mades out there. That was a 0.3 because I love mega volume. 
that was my thing mm-hmm. is that I love mega and I have worse retention with my pinching worse retention. And I was like, I want to find the best pre-made. I got those and I get my clients that had really bad retention anywhere to three weeks. And I'm like, you're at three weeks right now. Are you serious? Yes. The grow out is real, but they're still attached. Like I do a bottom placement is what I do. And that's where I get the best retention. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree because there's two steps involved when you're working with volume lashes. If you're pro making them at the time, you're combining two steps in one. You're combining putting all those fibers together to create a fan and you're also attaching that fan to the hair. When you're using a pre-made, the fan is already attached. So the adhesive used to put those three fibers together or more, right? The fan together has already been set in stone. So you're not combining two steps into one. You're just attaching that fan now to the hair. So that's why you have to use a little bit more adhesive when you're using the pre-made because it's already been created. So you need to make sure that that adhesive is going to kind of quote unquote wrap all the way around. Now, the the downside to doing it with the ProMate or when you're actually pre-making it yourself is that it's a lot harder to hold those pieces in place. I'm not saying it can't be done. And those who have the skill, it's awesome. But you have to hold those fibers together and hold it to the hair in just the right way so that it, it can cure. You're combining two steps into one. So You're just simplifying yeah. the process. Yeah. I do want to touch on that because what you were saying about the fans being already glued together, there is pros and cons to it, right? The con is that the hair now no longer has a flexibility to allow you to get more attachment. But the way to adjust to that is because the fans are already attached and pre-constructed, that means you can dip further Mm -hmm. than your base. Mm. And that's one of the things that I feel like people aren't doing enough. Dipping further in the base with a handmade fan would cause it to collapse mm. and close, but dipping further in a pre-made would have no problem. Mm. And one of the things that like, you know, what gives you good retention, it's maximum point of contact. The more point of contact you can create between your fan and your natural lash, the longer it's going to last. And that can be any attachment style that you want to do and whatever works best for you. And which is also why it's really important to look into a brand that really focuses on like face, like what Michelle was saying, that's like one of the cons that previously pre-made half. But like at UA, like I feel like a lot of, like I take quite a bit of pride in my handmade fans because I like making fans, but I feel like the UA pre-made, especially the base, it's very comparable, if not sometimes better than like my handmade fans because the processes they use to make this, it's like, that's where they put most of their attention on. Whereas when a lash artist is making a fan, they have a million variables to pay attention to. They have to pay attention to the symmetry. They have to pay attention to the pickup. And then when they pick it up, they have to like hold their breath and pray to God that like it's going to stick together. (laughs) And then when you dip it in the glue, then you got to pray to God that it's not going to collapse. There's so much variable that your brain and your, your, like a lot of your energy is exerted on to just making sure that this one thing is going to hold it together. Whereas like, you know, with a pre-made, majority of that problem is solved for you. So I think that when people are shopping for pre-made, that's like one of the most important things to look for. Because when you don't have like a good base, it's going to be hard to achieve that. That's right. You know? And one little tip just to dovetail on your idea is that if you want to create more points of contact and strengthen that bond, what you can do is choose less fibers in a fan, like just like three, maybe four, just three. And then you place that on the natural hair and then you go ahead and 
put another one on top of that, put it on the side, you know, and because there's two fans and there's more adhesive, it becomes a 60 fan. It kind of wraps it, right? Yeah. And that's really fun. You, you know, if you talk about your three weeks, Michelle, getting longevity from that, you can try, even if you've got like a, an 8D, you can maybe put like a three or even two on top of it just to give it a little bit extra. <clears throat> Mm, strength too so that's just a little yeah, and we, yeah. won't, we won't get the last damage here we have a very different opinion about last damage than probably 98 percent of our industry so <laughs> it's like... but you know how you talk about the bottoms of the fan and i just want to brag on both of you guys for your products so i've tried both of yours and i love them cheryl like you said you're really known for this delicate stem and when yeah. when the fans come out it's they're not all uniform all the way at the top there's variation in them so it looks um, so or, authentic, yeah. you know, it's just, it doesn't look like a machine made them. Um, and then there's also, they're not all on the same plane. Like they're like, um, they just have a real soft quality about it. And they're really easy to fit because of that, the, the quality of the stem, right. It's, it's Yay. lovely. Um, <laughs> and Michelle, you sent me a sample and I've, I, I, yeah, I don't know if Michelle remember you, I know you're going to say some more, but she got you one did. tray I did. or something I got like that. two trays from you from, I can't I remember, where. but you wrote a hand note and. Oh man. Yeah. And yeah. so let me just tell you what I love about them is that there's like, uh, the ones that I have for like eight fibers on, on, on one. Um, and the base Sometimes the way that they're placed, sometimes other brands, the way that they're placed onto that, the, the sticky strip that you pull off, it's really hard to pull them off without deforming one or two. Yours don't mm-hmm. do that. And the strip that you have, they come off like butter. And they're really easy to place. Like they're, they don't deform and they don't twist. And it's like they're super easy to be precise. And especially for the clients that need that like mega volume look. They're lovely. Let me jump in with this because this is a good, the fact that you compliment both of our friends here, which is great. It's always good when they have good product. But that is because you know, I'll have to blow smoke up. I'm like, oh, yeah, we like your product. Uh, hint, wink, wink. But that said, what was kind of cool is that Tusney, I think over the last couple of years, started really with one brand. Mm-hmm. It was an unknown brand. Uh, that probably I won't mention because they're not just they're, they're kind of obscure brand, but we found them at a trade show and it worked great. But now Tussie uses I think three or four different brands because she likes the variety that she gets. She gets different feels, different things, different from looks. different for, for different clients. They yeah. need different things. So I know there's people out there who probably think, well, I just want to have one brand. But if you want that variety, you want a little bit more, uh, more natural looking lashes. You actually, try a lot. Try different companies buy from two or three companies and mix it up one maybe is a b curl c curl d curl l curl what well, just have different things like anything you want as much colors on your palette so you can be more creative and i think that's something that we've seen i've seen you be like okay we're gonna buy from this company i'm like can't we just live with one no, or two i'm like no i want as many colors and you know and here's another thing just a quality thing is that somebody can create a beautiful fan but if it's not packaged right if the adhesive comes off and it gets into those tiny little fibers it just deforms it you know or if there's the frustration from the strip right? from, the, from the strip yeah. yeah if it's not packaged right it's like forget it you know yeah. it's like frustrating there's one it's company so frustrating. We, we bought like a thousand worth of product and all their all the product was um, beautiful lashes, but just really difficult to really work with. Really ugly base, basically. and it's like a lot Glue. of them. Or like sometimes you'll pick them up and the 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 fan will fall apart. Yeah. Or like what I call the girdle. The girdle is the the amount of glue that holds them together. If that is water soluble and it absorbs water, the client will come back and say, 
I've got all this gunk in my lashes. Or they might say, you did glue all over my lashes. And you're looking and you're like, oh, no, that's just the fan that's breaking apart. I mean, so there's a lot of things that, you know. They can go wrong. That can go wrong. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, but you're- I'm actually interested in, can you double click on that a little bit? Sure. Like elaborate a little bit yeah. on like okay. for the, I guess, the listener to identify what is a fan that's like, first of all, what is like a water soluble fan and then how you identify that. Yeah. So like when we make our own fans, like you are getting those fibers together, like a 0.03, 0.05, you're pulling them off the strip and you're creating this beautiful fan. And then you dip them in the CA, the cyanoacrylate, right? Mm-hmm. And you pinch them or whatever your technique is and you set them aside. That adhesive that binds those three fibers together is made from a non, um, it can't be dissolved by water. Right, but mm-hmm. not all fans are made of that. So there's some companies you found those are maybe those are heat because there's heat and glue or so, seem to be the some of them to- are just heat put together. Now the heat one is is not as strong, right? It's just kind of like a little crimp put together, like they're just kind of melted a little bit, but with a little bit of uh, tension that they can pull apart. Some of them don't use heat or a CA glue, but they use it's clear huh. and. This is what I call the girdle. When you've got like your three or four fibers and you can see a white space in between those fibers Mm -hmm. and it's not flat, but it's kind of rounded, that, Mm -hmm. ladies, will, uh, and gents, those fibers will last stuck together. But what happens is they absorb the water from washing the face, from the lotions and, and that kind of th- stuff. And it, it doesn't become clear anymore. It becomes white and opaque. And then it becomes gummy. You know when your client comes in and she's got strip lashes on and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, sparse, I had to wear a strip lash last night. And you're pulling out the strings. That's what this adhesive does once it gets mm. opaque. It becomes really – and for the first time I saw this, I'm like – hey, you know what? I think you're not cleaning your lashes well enough. I think, you know, it's getting gummy. I took pictures and I showed the client. The very next client that I had, I did the very same style and she had the same issue and I realized, oh no, it's not the client. It's not her habits. It's these these lashes and this is what's happening. So, um, and then I went and checked. You can tell. Now, here's the thing. It's usually not that big of a deal, but if they're long wearing, if you put that lash in to wear longer than two weeks, they will see it. It will bloom and it will get gummy and get kind of white looking like mucus. But if you don't put it in that long and it doesn't, and it sheds pretty quickly in two weeks, you don't, you're not going to have an issue with it. So. Mm. And I guess this is not common, I think, because we've probably bought from maybe what, 10, 15 companies now for pre-made. So I wouldn't say this is a normal thing we see in everyone, but I know that it's been one, one brand that we saw a problem with. But Untamed Artistry and, um, you imperfection know, is beauty. Yeah. These, <laughs> We're still learning. It's, yeah. it's, I keep wanting to say beauty is imperfection. Beauty is imperfection. I, don't know I know why but I it's imperfection is beauty. Yes. You know what would be kind of cool is if it was like a letter M. Imperfection. Imperfection. Like, okay. Like Michelle. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> both of those brands do not, I have not had that issue with them at all. That's one of the reasons why I like them. So. Yeah. I do want to touch on something here. It's been a common myth in the industry that there is such thing as heat bonded mm-hmm. pre-made. I want to clarify that for everyone that that doesn't exist. Cool. Heat bonded. Like I've talked to many, many factors and yeah. I've seen like processes and stuff like that and heat bonded like fan, unless they're just not bonded at all yeah. where you kind of like lift it, And then they just kind of like a handmade fan that's made on a strip and you can pick them up and then they act just like a handmade fan. Then that's fine. But anything other than that, 
there is no such thing as heat bonded. Heat bonding is the process mm-hmm. of crystallizing the adhesive. So a lot of the manufacturer, because of language barrier, mm-hmm. and also they see what like you know their customer respond well to, and with the way they do business, unfortunately, with a lot of like overseas manufacturer. So it's a combination of loss in translation and boosting in marketing, but heat bonding, it's not a thing. Like it's just part, it's a part of the process, not the entire process. It's the same thing when they, when you don't hear that as much, but for a long time, people said, do you want silk or do you want um, mink? Yeah, mink. And people are like, oh, the poor minks. And they go, no, no, they gently brush them to get the hair off them. You always would see this thing. It's like, okay, guys. It's all synthetic fiber. It's the same thing. One's just a little stiff from the other. And they came with this idea that they distinguished them called mink or whatever. So, but that said, it's interesting to say that because I've actually seen major brands say, talk about the heat mm-hmm. bonding. So, that, but again, like you said, they probably, for the longest time we're talking about, don't get your lashes wet for 24 hours too. So, I mean, it's just the language, the communication breaks down. And, mm-hmm. people don't. So that's good and I, I also think people just boost it. Like some of these overseas ones, like the company that I'm consulting for, they were trying to find a a human hair eyelash strip so that the engineers could test on human hair. Yeah. And a lot of the samples that they were getting, I was like telling them, no, I'm sorry, these these aren't human hair. Human hair. <laughs> and, the, and then they would take pictures of the microscope and ask the manufacturers, is this human hair? And the manufacturers like, yes, it is. And then they'd zoom in and like, how come this fiber is square? Why you know, do I see like, a, a why zip is code it square, on the, on the, on the, right? Yeah. You know, they're like, Oh. Made in China. It says right there on the side of the hair, really small lettering. So it happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah. So. No, yeah. We've learned. I mean, unfortunately, with dealing with overseas, people will say whatever they need to say to get the deal done. I mean, remember when we buy equipment once, it was a facial, this thing for, that would help with facials or whatever. And we buy it from this one company and they said they manufactured it. And we went down the trade show, down the aisle, and we saw the exact same machine in another company. And they're like, we manufacture, we manufacture it. it. I'm like, okay, you know, all you liars. You guys just all don't tell us. No no one makes this. You're just reselling, it turns out. All of them are sellers. But anyhow, learning to trust people in the beauty industry. It's, it can be a lot of fun. Um, so <laughs> so let's, let's go into this about skill level because I think one of the big concerns that a lot of people have is – does it require more skills? Do you need special training or should you go get volume training and then pre-made training and then go like, there's all this confusion. I know Tusney's got probably the opinion that no one would like to hear, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. And then maybe Tusk would chime in with her unpopular opinion about pre-made training and what is, what should be required for people to be able to do pre-made. So well, I guess Michelle, start with you. Most of the people that I have trained with pre-maids, they've had classic training. So they have some lash training behind them. So, and I definitely, if they don't, I'm sorry, you need to have some fundamentals because it's just not easy as different place. Yeah. It's harder. A lot harder. Yeah. And yeah, everyone knows adhesive and all that good stuff. So no, they need to have some... Some basic training before they move on to pre-maids. I agree. Okay. What about you, Cheryl? I think that you definitely need training. And I, like we had this conversation before, I think the education landscape is going to look very, very different Mm -hmm. in the lash industry in the next few years. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I highly encourage educator out there to kind of think of a more holistic approach in teaching people more of the fundamental skill sets in creating a great lash set in spite of using volume or classic. And so if you're going to get into pre-made, I think it's very, very important for you to understand a few things. 
Number one, it's mastering isolation. That's going to be one of the most important thing for you um, in executing any type of lash style. And then next one is attachment, being critical with yourself and understanding how to achieve great attachment and how to look for, you know, feedback loops and when your attachment isn't great. And then I think the last thing is understanding lash health. And if you have these three foundation knowledge and have it very deeply rooted in your understanding of lash industry, then I don't think you necessarily need to take a separate training for pre-made mm-hmm. or volume and then pre-made because the trajectory of your lash education is looking very different for everybody. But I think if educators out there are just more focusing on skill set rather than like categorization. I think that there's too much categorization going on in the industry. Yeah. Um, it's just more way for people to monetize different training program. Yeah. So that's what I think. I also think a plus side of all of this is because I've heard some of the counterpoint is that like pre-made without proper training or it's going to ruin the at least the education side of the industry. But I feel like pre-made is actually opening more opportunity for education side of the industry. Because one of the things that people don't really learn a lot is styling. People don't learn a lot about like, you know, styling. They don't learn a lot about like attachment, like these type of things that really is core, like of what a good lash set is. And having pre-made means that people have more money now that they can save up instead of taking five online courses with five of the most reputable industry leaders. There's going to be opportunities to learn more styling, to learn more like, you know, creative lashing, um, corrective lashing, or lashing for a specific type of clientele. Like, you know, older clients, they need a different type of styling. So I think pre-made is only going to open up that opportunity and have more varieties of education in our industry. Bingo. I totally agree with you. Every innovation that happens with lashing in our industry, it just means that more people can come to the table. There's more people that are going to try. There's more money that's going to be in it. There's more opportunities for everybody. And you said it exactly. Now people are able to niche down in the styling. If you're somebody that can learn just by cause and effect and and being a very careful student of your own work and how lashes grow and stuff, you can do an amazing job of just observing people's lashes and how how it works. But you can maybe take a specific styling on on like what you said, like somebody who's got problematic lashes or or lashes (laughs) that you're trying to solve a problem for, really sparse, weak line, you know, that kind of thing. Somebody who wants something that's super authentic looking, you can niche down. It's just like, um, like I said earlier, about that bag of lettuce or bag of preboshed spinach, you still have to be an artist at making the food taste good. And so learning as much as you can about the way to blend the foods and blend the spices, you know, it doesn't, it just means that you've got an easy bag to just, you know, you can just pull it off the shelf and cook with it right away. It's just allowing more people to come to the table and try this amazing world of lashes and, you know, offer that to our clients too. So, yeah. I actually have a personal story related to what you're saying, Tessie. I love cooking, um, but, you know, being busy with like the business and all of that, I don't have the time to prep. I don't have the time. Also, I hate touching meat. That's mm-hmm. another thing, like a peppy of mine. <laughs> so I just can't, like, I just like. Give it me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. I yeah, just rub exactly. it on my face and just, it's just wonderful. Nice. What a weirdo, right? right? <laughs> I know. Meat. Be Simon Lella. Okay, I know. Simon Lella a year. But I realized that we all know that human, we have a limited amount of energy every day. Every single decision you make requires energy. 
And the busier I am with work and the busier I am with my life, the less I want to cook and the more anxiety I have towards cooking, even though I love cooking. And I realized it's because I have no more energy left um, to like even think about touching the meat. But if I had nothing to do all day and all I had to do that day was to cook, I'd be like, yeah, bring the meat on, bring the cutting on. You know, I don't want to pay for extra. So I think as a lash artist to kind of go forward and thinking about how you stand out in this somewhat saturated market is to find your niche. And the only way you can have energy to develop those niche is when you don't have to spend so much time exerting energy elsewhere, like making a fan. <laughs> you know? right. So yeah, like fear, anxiety, just thinking about the groceries in my fridge. And then you're like, I should cook it but then I don't really want to cook it. And then it's been more than two days. Like, is this still good? Should I still cook it? I'm just like, oh man, I'm exerting so much energy to just even be anxious about cooking. Sign me up on Uber Eats. Exactly. I, I don't want to cook yeah. it. The term is uh, decision fatigue, right? Yeah. That's the term that people don't realize that there is a certain amount of decisions and you, you just break down. I remember working when I was doing short films and I was producing and stuff like these films. As a producer, you're literally making a decision like every two or three minutes. Someone's calling you, art department, this department, that department. Hey, we need this. We need this. And you're like, yes, no, yes, no. I mean, and the more you can just begin to empower people, let other people make those decisions, I realized the better I, my life got. I didn't want to make every decision on the set. That's the temptation to do that, but you can't. It actually really hurts the film. I also know people like, people probably remember Jay Leno. He's been out of things for like 10 years now, but he actually ate the same meal every day. Same meal, because he didn't want to have to decide what he was going to eat for dinner. So just had the same meal. Every day of the week. Every right. day of the week. And people yeah. know Steve Jobs, same outfit. Yeah. Didn't change. Mark Zuckerberg, Zuck same thing. Yeah, same thing. These people do that day. intentionally because they want to be able to focus on the, the big things. They don't want to be stuck with the minutia, the little decisions of life. So they, you know, they simplify their life with simple meals, same type of food, same type of clothing, the stuff that makes their life um, a little bit more mundane, so you could say, but at the same time allows them to focus on the bigger things. So as a lash artist, if you could take away all that struggle and that trying to figure out how to make the fan and do that. I mean, I know some of you guys have been doing this now three, four years, and you're just quick, man. You're just like doing it with no thought. But there's a lot of people out there that are probably feeling bad right now. Like, uh, I'm not really enjoying this process. You could take away all that struggle and just go with the pre-made. And now, like you guys were saying, you now you can focus on styling. And that, yes, guys, I know that I hear this online. I see people say, you can't style the pre-mades. So let's talk about can. that. Let's talk about styling. Because I've seen people say, all you're doing is a one-size-fit-all approach to lashing when you do pre-mades. So maybe you guys could address that. Because I know that's not true. But maybe you guys could bring your insight into that. So here's the thing. If you're only using one kind of lash, well, then, yeah, then everything to that one lash, everything is a nail or whatever. I was trying to make yeah, a metaphor, but it didn't, it didn't work. Down. But um, <laughs> basically, if you only have one kind, then that's all you can use. But why can't you have a ton? Like I like many different brands and you have many different sizes and you have many different curls. You can use, you can fill your toolbox with all different color or your paint box with all different color paints so that whenever the need strikes, you can make your own. You can even pull some apart and customize, you know, put two together and, you know, this kind of thing. So anyway, I don't buy that argument because I think just fill your toolbox with different colors yeah. or Any, paint box. What do you guys think? Anything else? Exactly. I don't get how you can't style. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like map it out. <laughs> That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I map it out. I layer and I get more of a wispier kind of look than, and I don't prefer a perfect line. I prefer more of that wispier kind of look. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. what my class is like, 
So, and my clients love pre-mates. They are like, what have you done? Like my retention is so amazing. They're like, whatever you've done, like keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll definitely keep doing it. So. And that's the results, Michelle, you know, yeah. that if your ha- clients are happy, I mean, you're, you're, you're pleasing the boss. Yeah, that's you know? the big thing. Stop trying to please their last artist. Please your clients. They're the ones who pay your bills. Some gal out of Cincinnati goes, you're not a real last artist. So you just pre-mates. Who cares about her? Let her go. Do her, pro- her make her own fans and don't bother her. But hey, Cheryl, do you have anything else to add? I was just going to say, say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, I think if anything, having more tools in your tool belt just means more customization. For those who maybe are struggling with thinking that pre-maze is more, not as flexible. I think it's like going off what Michelle was saying, the map it out part. Once you lash a client repeatedly, you know how you keep, like you should keep a record of what your client's style is and things like that. So prior to the appointment, you can just lay out like exactly the numbers of strips of this D, that curl, like, you know, create a custom palette almost just for that client so that your appointment time is super fast, but you still have that flexibility to be more customized. Because I think I do understand what people are coming from. If you are in the midst of lashing, it is very like stressful to say, oh, now I want to use a B curl or now I want to use a D curl. Uh, now I have to go into my inventory, take up, <laughs> take up the box and then do all of this. It is very stress inducing. But once you have like a system and build a system out where you know that customizing is part of your process and you prepare for it and have everything super accessible, I think that you will find that you have so much more creativity with pre-made than you could have with handmade. Going back to the decision fatigue thing, you know? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a very different approach. And I think a lot of people, I think they just haven't thought it through. They're just think like cursory. They just see a box of pre-made and go, well, I, how can I, that be as creative? Because I can hand make these and I can change, I can make them wider, I can make them more narrow. But you can have that already done for you with the pre-made that you have. Like you said, just have a collection. I think people just have to stop thinking you're buying one type of pre-made and you just have that C-curl, 3D or 5D or whatever it is, and that's all you're working with. Yes, that's going to limit your choices, but... I know, like Tuss. I mean, we have just a wall of different stuff now, all our different. And you don't have of... to use the same one for each person. You yeah. know, you can use a CC or D curl on the on the corners. You can use, you know, a straighter lash underneath. I mean, the the options and the, uh, you know, the variables are endless. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You just have to do a little bit of prep work, yeah. and just Michelle also mentioned another thing is that you don't have to do a full set of pre made either. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can just say all of my cc curl would be in pre-made so okay then you have your d curl that you may handmade or all my four this is a 4d set then all of my uh most of the lashes i want to do 4d is the pre-made and then anything that i want to customize that's 5d or 3d then you just handmade those ones you know mm-hmm. yeah like if there's an area yeah. that needs special attention because there's less lashes maybe you have to build something a little different that's more corrective lashing yeah so you may want to mm-hmm. have that in your back pocket but at the same time, yeah. I mean, I think today, do you guys feel like it's okay for someone to do pre-mades and not know at all how to make a volume fan? Like that's, they just don't have that skill. They're all naughty. Yeah, yes. I think so. <laughs> We're I in an audio so format here and yeah. I'll let everyone know what that yeah. It's like, yeah, that's no big deal. I don't okay. think they need to know. Because I think, I think there's some people that just, just are on a hard time letting that one go. I think they're just feeling like you're not a complete lash artist. And I just want people out there who are 
maybe newer to industry and are dabbling, like, well, do I do you need to learn volume? We're going to give you at least for us permission from us. You can learn pre-mades and just go that route, and you can have a wonderful career in this industry, and you can't hand-make. I mean, it's, I think like anything, if you do hand-make fans, you're going to have a special value in our industry. I don't know if that's going to be something – 10, 20 years from now, if that's going to still exist in the same I mean, way it it's like today. saying like, oh, you can't learn how to use a sewing machine if you don't know how to do haute couture by yourself. If you yeah. can't do every stitch by yourself, then you can't learn how to use a sewing machine. Oh, Why thought, not? Oh. Whatever. My like, mom always said that, and I just never got into sewing because of that. But oh, well. So for you guys... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm dying at Tessany. Tessany's like, disgust with me right now. I was like, shut <laughs> up. I get a lot of that. <laughs> you know how many graphic designers, like amazing graphic designer, has never picked up a paintbrush, mm-hmm. doesn't draw on pen and paper, yeah. but they're amazing artists. You yeah. know, it doesn't make them any less Exactly. Fiona, uh, our daughter, she's going to art school. It's called Newman. And she was uh, taking a class from a well-known storyboard artist who does storyboards for Pixar and things like this. And she's like, you know, the first thing he says is, I can't draw. So, like, he does a storyboard and he does, like, these terrible, like, stick figure drawings. And he's like, one of the reasons why they picked me here is to show you, you don't have to draw to be able to be excellent and be in demand at the top of your field. And meanwhile, he gets on a computer and he can make most gorgeous images ever. Every, yeah. So, you don't need to know how to, like, draw, actually. You, you just need to know how to do your final job. But, and it, As I said, at the same time, though, they said it's really cool if you can. Yeah. Like, they're like, it's an added bonus if you're like, wow, look at the skill. You're able to do the stuff on computers and you can get on pen and paper and write in a room, draw it out. So I think the same way for the last world, I think you're going to have a little bit of value if you're able to do pre-mades. But mm-hmm. if you need to in a pinch, like, no, I can get in there down and dirty and make them by hand too. I think that just makes your value a little higher. More, more valuable. And maybe you, know, you can parlay that to more money, by the way. Who knows? For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. What's the future hold for pre-mades? Because I think at one point, I look at the history of lashes. We've been doing this thing forever. I remember when, if you guys remember, brow extensions came on the scene. <laughs> and everyone was like, uh, this is the future. And I remember Tusney right away was like, this is idiotic. There's no way our brow extension is going to become a thing. And I was like, I don't know. Everyone's trying to do them. And, and there were companies even creating brow extensions. Like there was somehow a different fiber for your brows, I guess. So anyhow, and that did not work out. That died. Then right after that came volume. And I remember with our staff, some people going, ah, this is just a fad. It's not going to last. It looks so fake. It looks too dramatic. And it looks, you know, the Russian volume is way too intense for Americans. That's not going to work. And I said, no, 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 no. There's something here. There, this, I think this is going to stick around. And this is going to really impact our industry in a huge way. And it did. So we've seen these new inventions. And here we are again, the same issue, pre-mades. And there's the naysayers and there's the positive where do you see this, you know, five, 10 years now? Are pre-mades going to be the way to go or just another thing? What do you guys think? Michelle, what about you? I think that it's definitely going to be like a 80-20%. I feel like a lot more people are going to learn to love them and not want to make handmade volume as much because honestly – as many years as we put into the industry, it puts a whole or like it takes a toll on our body. Yeah. So we have to think about that too, is our necks, our backs, our hips, you know, and if we're not stretching and we're taking 10 freaking clients a day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
so for longevity's sake, I think a lot of people realize that you get into the game first, and you're young or new, and you don't care. But after three, four, five, six, eight, like testing 16 years doing lashes now, your body is going to start telling you you need to find an easier way to do lashes. So premades, I think, will provide that answer. Uh, what about you, Cheryl? Anything else? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that, you know, premades is here to stay. And then also, as you can see, it's kind of like when I look into um, Instagram or social media or tech, it's whichever area that has the most amount of innovation, it's going to be the area that has the most potential. And I think that out of all the products, premades is one product in the lash industry. It's innovated at the fastest speed. Uh, it's getting better and better, faster than any other product because there's kind of like a ceiling that most other products have reached, mm. whereas pre-made is just beginning. I think eventually it would replace handmade fan, um, not 100%, just like uh, when Tessa, you were saying how the build a nail thing, right? Like that still exists. Mm-hmm. Like I, like my nails, I get done. They are like, they still do like the Russian manicure. They still build a nail, like you said, but they also charge a ton of money. Mm. So like all of your skills that you've learned in like hand making fan it's going to translate in like your service in the future if anything i feel like the biggest roadblocks that we have it's more of like the gap knowledge gap between like you know handmade fans and pre-made fans that's why conversations like this is so important to let people know kind of debunk some of the myth and let people like kind of open their mind and understanding a little bit more and i think one of the biggest things for lash artists who are listening it's probably to look like inwards and ask yourself, what is the reason why you're resisting this product? Is that reason ego related or is that reason practical? And I'm always open up to this, open for the conversation. If anyone wants to discuss and they have a different opinion, I would love to hear like what your like opinions are, but being honest and critical with yourself and knowing that the reason why you're resisting change, it's not, it, it can't be because you're afraid of change. And it can't be coming from a place of ego. And I think I still see maybe some of the people who resist is mostly because of that. Quality of product was the argument back then, but we all see that like that's a problem that we like brands like me and Michelle are actively solving. And it's only going to get better from here on as well. So we're going to take care of that part of your like, you know, um, I guess your what is the word I'm looking at? I'm losing my words today. But that's the part that we're taking care of. Like we take care of you on that part. We'll take care of the quality. We'll take care of the innovation. And then the other part of the narrative is your narrative and how you feel about pre-made. And that's just taking an honest conversation with yourself and asking yourself, like, why are you so against it? I think that there's always, you know, people are always going to start out with classic because it's the easiest way to learn. It's like training wheels. It is learning how to walk mm-hmm. before you do anything else. You have to learn how to walk before you can learn how to dance, before you can learn how to run jump any of that this explains a lot in my life <laughs> so I, anyway i was dancing at one. <laughs> oh yeah you came out of the womb dancing i'm like a little top hat <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so lame all, all right, right. Wait, all like no, tabs i know oh, yeah. this little hat and cane yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The gloves. baby i was mm-hmm. so cute um, all i see is the monopoly guy yes <laughs> i know <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've been it's compared to the Monopoly gigantic. guy. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's horrible. No, I love that Monopoly guy. No, I hate Monopoly. Oh, I think it's so it's funny. Like the dumbest game in the world. 
Anyhow, I just it's hurting um Paul's like I know his his true gamer. gamer. I know. By the way, I gotta give a shout out to Cheryl. She gave me a board game. I just uh, she sent me a settler's a limited edition. Yes. And it's an expansion for really what probably the most epic board games out there that anyone who gets into Cheryl, board gaming. Cheryl, you so, really are. Fr- yeah. I mean, he has just been like, oh, my gosh, Cheryl sent me a game. I mean, that is his love language. <laughs> I mean. So, Michelle, so if it, you ever want to impress me, Michelle, you now have a standard to live up to. It's, it's board gaming. You got, board gaming. You're the, and the not, and now you no, know it's not Monopoly. B-O-R-E-D, board no, games. No, no, yes. no. It's not board games. <laughs> Oh, no. is, I like it. Uh, Destiny's on fire today. <laughs> no, I'm totally yeah, yeah. yeah, like I've not heard that one before. Uh, yeah. Guys, guys I, we should probably wrap up. It's so been, much fun. Uh, this has been a great time, and I really appreciate you guys bringing your expertise and your background. Obviously, we have a very one-sided opinion. We don't have a, someone on the opposite side. There's anti-premades here. But I think that audience is, is shrinking. I think more and more people are at least – Give them a try. And I think that's, if you follow us and listen to us long enough, you know that we're really big on trying new things. Try new things. Expand your horizons. It doesn't, if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. You can say, no, I'm going to stick with volume. It didn't work for me. But you don't have to poop on someone else's parade and say, no, what, you guys. You can't do it because do I it don't like it. Because I you don't like what? it. No. It's okay you don't like it. It's you know, okay. It's, it's okay if other people do. It's okay. I want to encourage you guys to try their products because Untamed Artistry and un- Imperfection is Beauty. Imperfection is Beauty. <laughs> yeah, for Ooh. some reason, I'm just friend, technically all are spreading the same message is embracing imperfection and embracing being yes. weird. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's imperfection. Yeah, that's right. You kind of have a similar like thing, imperfection, yeah. and you're the geek. I know. The weird slash artist. So there you go. You guys have some commonness there. <laughs> I do have uh, resources for everyone too. If you're looking into kind of like learning more about how to use pre-me, perfecting pre-me, like if you, questions about retention we actually have a free course it's probably the highest budget course i've ever created and it's completely free it's technically a volume refresher course but i wanted to use this opportunity to show people that you can learn volume with pre-made like just with pre-made and you don't need to do handmade so the refresher course if you go on our instagram and you click the link on our instagram it would say free volume course and that course is like has 14 modules and i go through everything showing you exactly how you can use pre-made and answering a lot of questions about attachment, retentions, and all of that as well. And I I remember when Cheryl put this together, she went all out. She did not just half-ass this. In fact, nothing about Cheryl half-asses anything, but she was like, I remember you flew out, you you got a team, a crew. It wasn't you just with your iPhone. So it's it, the production yeah. value is very good, and I know it's, it has a great product, and I know you upset a lot of people. Too. You got a lot of heat from it, you know, um, from people who have spent a lot of money, and that's where they get the income is selling training. But I hope what people see is that Cheryl is somebody who is truly giving back to our industry. I mean, both of you guys want our industry to grow and you can tell by the way that you behave. And also just a side note, because I know Cheryl says this often, this is not meant to replace volume training. This is a a refresher. So if you've never had training, don't take this and think I'm ready to go. Like you're, it's going, you're going to need a little bit more work, a little bit more on really, I think in person training where someone sits down with you and really Mm -hmm. helps you figure out the hand motions and movements and all that. Cause it's really hard just to watch videos and And get that down. down. So we're not trying. So real quick, uh, where can people find you and anything else? So first we'll go, Michelle, where can people find you? And I know you offer training too for this and all that, right? 
Yes, I have. Well, I have an online course for pre-mates. It's just a little workshop, just helping with retention, giving more knowledge about pre-mates. So, and where can they find that? It is imperfectionisbeautyco.com. And then I'm on Instagram as imperfectionisbeautylashes. Cool. And they go there and check that out, Ooh. follow you, and go look at that. Cheryl, where can they find you? I just, I may be hard to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys can find us on untamed.artistry and also, like, I'm going to shamelessly uh, push for you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel because right. the production value that you're talking about, we also bring that to our YouTube channel as well. So it's also Untamed Artistry on YouTube. And if you guys want to hang out with me and geek out with me personally, my personal Instagram is at a good enough human, just like imperfection is beauty. <laughs> a good enough human. I, I love it. it. Yeah, it was it. She just changed it. It was mm-hmm. a really cool. I think I like the change. It was very enough, good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And it's definitely worth so following. You you'll, you'll get to see Cheryl smelling flowers. Sniffing <laughs> <laughs> flowers on a daily basis. One sniff a day keeps the doctor away. There you go. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, thank you so much for taking some time. And by the way, they're both going to be at LashCon, so you definitely want Ooh. to sign up for LashCon. You can hang yes. out with these gals. You can as- see their product. You could try it out. Yeah. We're going to have, like, right now we have 38 um, companies with booths. Not all are Lash companies. I think out of the 38, probably 32, 31 of them are Lash companies, and the other six or seven have other auxiliaries to Lashes. But it's pretty impressive, guys. You're going to be able to come and pretty much try all their products See what they have. Buy. And I'm telling you, man, load up your wallets and bring with a lot of money so you can buy a ton of stuff because everything's going to be discounted and there's going to be great good deals. deals. It's like going to IBS trade show. When you go there, you get your best deals of the year at the trade show. All right, guys. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will hopefully, well, hopefully we'll see you sometime soon at a live event. If not, we'll see you at LashCon. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. wrap guys this is it the show is over thank you so much for tuning in i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast podcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review and remember to get your last con tickets today guys do not delay ticket prices are going up soon you do not want to wait on that on behalf of my last angel testing, as well as our special guest, Cheryl of Untamed Artistry and Michelle of Imperfectionist Beauty, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs> <laughs>